Today's episode of the College Hoops Today podcast is brought to you by Powerade, the official sports drink of NCAA March Madness, now with a new look and new formula with 50% more electrolytes versus Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Have you heard about RunYourPool.com with March Madness almost here? It is the perfect time to get into the action. It's an easy way to start. Who do you think will be in the Final Four? Play against me on the website, play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHT. Fill out your picks for all 68 teams and get points for the right ones. Run Your Pool is giving away prizes for the top five finishers in my March Madness bracket up to $1,000. And remember, my bracket is free to play. Head to play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHT and see if you can top my bracket. Once again, the site to challenge me on your college basketball tournament knowledge is play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHT. Certain restrictions apply. See the website for details. College Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rothstein. Please report <laughs> to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Well, let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast. Later in this show, we'll be joined by Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also, send me your questions on Twitter. I'll get to them later in this podcast. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John J-O-N. And also a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show. Please feel free to leave us comments. And also check out collegehoopstoday.com for breaking news, podcast archive stories, and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe. And I want to let you know that today's episode of the College Hoops Today podcast being sponsored by Indeed. If you don't have players on the court with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed or elite playmaking ability, you'll have a tough time winning. The same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to ensure you hire MVPs instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills. You need one powerful hiring partner to help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. When your business starts its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash College Hoops. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash College Hoops to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash College Hoops. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And also a sponsor of the show, Powerade knows that the smallest edge can make a big difference in March Madness. While May is for sleeping, March and April are when college basketball's best give their all on a biggest stage. Six rounds, 64 teams, but only one will get to cut down the nets in Houston. That's why Powerade's new formula packs in 50% more electrolytes versus Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Along with vitamin B12 and vitamin C, hydrate with the official sports drinks 
of NCAA March Madness today. Now that we've got you set for all your Powerade needs, we are six days away from Selection Sunday. We are six days away from what is going to be the best stretch of sports this year. And people can argue about other things. You can argue about the NFL playoffs. You can argue about the NBA playoffs. You can talk about the World Series. There is nothing that comes close to the pageantry of the NCAA tournament. We're six days away from seeing that bracket selected. Six o'clock Eastern on CBS on Sunday night. Now, with that said, here are a few major storylines heading into the final week of the season and championship week in college basketball. Kansas has 15 quad one wins. Kansas is projected as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And nobody else in the sport has more than 11 quad one wins. Those two teams, as of Monday when we're taping this, are Texas and Baylor. And you look at the other teams that are in contention for number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. Alabama has nine quad one wins. Purdue has nine quad one wins. Those are the most among the candidates to be number one seeds. So unless Kansas is the number one overall seed on Sunday night, somebody's going to have a lot of explaining to do. If they're not, because to me, it doesn't make any sense with the quadrant system that the Jayhawks do not find their way on the one line, regardless of whether or not this team wins the Big 12 tournament or advances in the Big 12 tournament. So to me, Kansas has got to be the number one overall seed, regardless of what happens this week at the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Now, UCLA is surging. UCLA finished the regular season at 27 and four and UCLA now has eight quad one wins, eight and four in the first quadrant, and does not have any losses in quadrant two, three, or four. UCLA is in a situation to me where it has put itself in position to be the number one seed in the West region. But UCLA also had a major setback on Saturday night when Jalen Clark, pound for pound insurance, the best defensive player in college basketball, left the game with an injury. He had an MRI on Sunday. It is 12.04 right now, Eastern time on Monday when we're taping this. We don't have an update. This is what I'm going to say. UCLA went to the Final Four two years ago without Chris Smith, who was obviously a key player for them. And look, we don't know the extent of Jalen Clark's injury, so I don't want to speculate. But this would be, obviously, a significant blow to a team that Saturday night against Arizona at Pauley Pavilion in an awesome win for UCLA, which obviously was the 31st game of the regular season. It was the 27th win for UCLA. This would be a significant blow for a team that Saturday night looked every bit the part of a team that could go to Houston and win a national championship. Now, one team also that should be in Houston in early April and should be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament is Houston itself. And the head coach of the Cougars, Kelvin Sampson, joins us next on the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. And before we chat with Houston's Kelvin Sampson, I want to tell you about an awesome site, RunYourPool.com. Have you heard about RunYourPool.com? These guys are the home of online sports competitions. Between sports fans and their friends, you can compete head-to-head in more than 50 game types at RunYourPool.com. This is the one-stop shop for sports gaming with over 2 million people already playing. And with March Madness on the horizon, it's the perfect time to get into the action. Listen up, all you March Madness fanatics. I will be hosting a tournament bracket this season – 
and I want you to join me. Better yet, I want you to compete against me. My picks versus yours. My bracket will be up after Selection Sunday, so here is what I want you to do. Head over to this exact website, play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHT, and you can judge my picks when I complete them. Better yet, fill out a bracket and compete against me. Run Your Pool is even giving away prizes for the top five finishers in my March Madness bracket up to $1,000. And remember, my bracket is free to play. I see many of you have signed up already. So what are the rest of you waiting for? It is easy to start. Who do you think will be in the Final Four? Will you go with the top seeds, or can you pick out those Cinderella's? Play against me on the website, play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHT. Fill out your picks for all the 68 teams and get points for the right ones. Hey, invite your friends and co-workers to enter my pool. The more the merrier. Come on, get in the game. So you think you know ball? Head over to play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHT and see if you can top my bracket. Not sure about that tough three versus 14 seed matchup? Try using the site's predictor tool for an assist in your picks. Once again, the only place to challenge me on your NCAA tournament bracket knowledge is play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHD. Come on. Do not miss out this March Madness. It's time to participate at play.runyourpool.com forward slash CHD. Certain restrictions apply. See the website for details. Houston is 29-2, entering this week's American Athletic Conference Tournament. Cougars in position to be a one seed in the NCAA Tournament. The head coach of Houston is Kelvin Sampson. He now joins the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. And coach, let's start with a topic that, you know, you've ignored a little bit, really, the last couple of years. Do you miss wearing a tie? You know, sometimes, sometimes. I, I um, When we first started doing it, I started reaching for it, um, um, you know, just as a reaction. But I've kind of gotten used to not having it on now. It, the, um, you know, if you work out, whatever you do before the games, taking a shower and then getting dressed, it's a lot easier now. So uh, I'm kind of used to it. I think our fans would probably um, like me to wear the coat and tie, but um, I, I think I think that's uh, that's gone in the wind. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I know you would have taken your tie off if it was on yesterday during that incredible game you had at Memphis. You won on a buzzer beater by Jamal Shedd. You know, what do you learn about your team when it can get a win against an NCAA tournament team like Memphis in that type of environment? You know, one of the things that that we do um, that helps us is we work on a secondary defense probably three or four times a week. And if we're in a bye week, we work on it extensively uh, at least one or one or two days. And you know, our three-two zone, which we have not played at all uh, this year, you know, we just threw it out there. Uh, we had uh, foul trouble. We had some fatigue. Um, they were getting in the paint way too easy. Um, so uh, I, found, I found out that we can – um, change defenses now, which I think will help us uh, going forward. We may be able to uh, extend it a little bit, uh, but you're always you're always trying to figure out how you can um, grow your team. You know, we add value to what we have, and right. I, I like that. I like that we were able to stay together and get some stops, and then defensive rebound out of it. Uh, and the other thing is. Um, 
press offense, making sure we keep the ball centered. We had a bad turnover on the sideline. I was actually trying to call timeout. Uh, when the ball was in his hands, I didn't get the timeout. But Marcus has got to recognize that and call timeout. But we can't inbound the we can't inbounds the ball from the side, and then take it back to the sideline. That ball's got to be centered. Now you've got options uh, on either side of you. So there's always things you watch when you play a game. You go back and make your notes. Things you got to work on. But um, the one thing that I, I I love about this team is that. Uh, we compete. Uh, we did a great job yesterday with loose ball rebounds, uh, loose balls in general, uh, and just playing hard, man. Sometimes uh, there's guys that try to be the smartest guy in the room by diagramming this or doing this. And At the end of the day, when you go on the road, uh, you, you better be tough and you better be competitive than our team was. There's no doubt about that. Now, as a coach, and you've been doing this a long, long time, when you view a season and you know you have different segments, the regular season, the conference tournament, and the NCAA tournament, how do you compartmentalize that for your staff and your team? No, that's a great question, John. We just had a staff meeting. Um, this is a uh, scheduled uh, off day for us because we don't play till Friday. Right. But we talked about that. It's being able to uh, – and it starts with the staff. You know, things – Things are different now because now you're in winter go home mode and getting our kids to process uh, winning, what winning plays are. Uh, don't make plays that bring losing into the equation. Um, and some of the things I mentioned uh, uh, before um, uh, is that shot selection becomes uh, a little bit more important. But just stay who you are. We're not going to change anything we do. We may add something here or tweak, tweak something there. But the bones of our culture and how, how we want to play is there. But the biggest thing is the freshmen. They're, they're going into uncharted waters. Uh, you know, Marcus, has play, Marcus and Tremont, uh, J1, Jamal, all those guys were on a Final Four uh, team, Elite Eight team. So they've been in, they've been in that uh, situation. But Jairus Walker, Arsenal, um, Sharp, uh, JBA Francis, those guys have not played in that that kind of environment, but you don't want to you know you don't want to scare them or put uh, overemphasize it to them because at the end of the day it's still basketball. You know we played 31 games. Now our next game our next game is uh, Friday at uh, noon uh, in Fort Worth. So we'll talk about the stakes. Everybody's zero and zero. Start over. Um, and here's how we're going to win. So I, I don't, I don't uh, over-dramatize it or over-emphasize it, but just make sure they're aware that uh, every, possession, every possession requires uh, a level of efficiency. We just can't come down and take bad shots. We've got to stay on the boards, all those little things. But at uh, the end of the day, you are who you are. Just keep doing it. And, you know, I'm always interested, too, because you've had all this experience about whether or not, from your perspective, success in a conference tournament directly correlating to success in the NCAA tournament. Because I remember a couple of years ago, you guys played Cincinnati. They had a great player named Jaron Cumberland, and it was Sunday at 3 o'clock, and they wound up winning the conference tournament, and you were frustrated with your team. But then you guys went on 
to advance to the Sweet 16, and they lost in the first round that year. So do you think, from your experience, does having success in a conference tournament directly translate to the next event after that? You know, the thing I remember about that, the day before, um, we had to play a road game because we had to beat Memphis in Memphis. And they had that um, Martin kid, the little left-hander, who was dynamite. Yeah, yeah. They had a good team. And, you know, Memphis crowd is, They've just got awesome, awesome uh, fans. That place was electric. And so, and that was a 40-minute game. We battled our tail off, and um, I don't know how much we had left on that uh, Sunday, but I know that we, I think that was the year, if I'm not mistaken, we beat Cincinnati at Cincinnati on the senior night. Dominant game, dominant game. Yeah, right. So, making those boys, I mean, they they came out and played, and then – what we did was flush it. You, and when you get to tournament play, you, know, you, you can't you, – you've got to flush the games quickly. You're, you have a, have a short memory. You've got to move on. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a young head coach in the old Pac-10, the old heads were Lou Olson and John, uh, Jim Herrick, uh, Mike Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And our teams were always in the tournament. And I remember at one of the head coaches' meeting in the spring, they wanted to do away with the tournament because it was hurting the teams that were – making the tournament. Of course, uh, uh, George Raveling and uh, Don Monson and Lou Campanelli. I um, can't remember who the coach at Washington was, but everybody was, no, no, we're, we're going to keep this tournament. We need something to play for. Uh, so we kept it. But they had a good argument in that, you know, the championship game was on Sunday, and they were having to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast to play uh, noon or one o'clock games on Thursday, and that that does put that does put you behind the eight ball a little bit. But you know you can't do for the conference what's good for one or two schools. You've got to do what's best for the entire conference. So we kept the tournament. But sometimes I've sometimes I've always thought that um, if a team is whether you win it or not, you're still playing in the game. Right. If you're playing a Sunday game in the tournament, maybe those teams should have Friday-Sunday bracket versus a Thursday-Saturday bracket. Yes, Yes, I agree. Um, But that's difficult to do because they've got to take a a certain team. This is your seed. This is the only bracket it works in, and unfortunately it's a Thursday-Saturday bracket. So I I get that, but I've always thought that we'll do what's best for the players. don't don't take a team that plays a, a three o'clock game in their conference championship game and stick them across country in an early game on a Thursday. I agree with you. Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Cougars twenty nine and two entering championship week now. Last year, with Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark out, Jamal Shedd was a go-to guy, averaged 15 points a game in the NCAA tournament. He's been back in an ancillary role last year, but over the last week has gone on a tear offensively. What changes for Houston when Jamal Shedd does what he does over the last couple of games? Well, sometimes, um, you know, I'm I'm constantly meeting with our kids, watching film, you know, as a coach, you just need to touch your players. Touch them as much as you can. Um, and and keep, keep your touch. I call them touch sessions. Keep your touch sessions to a minimum, but touch them. So I'll bring Jamal in. You know, Jamal loves to pass. He loves to 
uh, feed his teammates, keep them happy. He loves to pass the markers, Jamarn, whoever. But I said, in these situations, when they're playing that far back and they're going underneath screens, just take what they give you. You know, if you can turn the corner and they're not going to help off, you got to think score instead of pass. Right. So during this season, I don't say a lot to him about those things because I want him to play free and loose and play with the freedom that he needs to play with. But when you get down late in the season and teams start game planning where they're, they're trying to make him beat you, um, my message to him is don't be afraid to beat him. Go beat him. You know, you're good enough. So about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I started running plays for him. You know, I put the ball in Marcus's hands, and then we do stuff for um, uh, Maul, Jamal. Uh, and that was just a jump start, just to make, sure, make him aware and remind him, you can score too. So yesterday, um, uh, that last time out, they were switching everything. The first half, they were kind of staying with their normal coverage call, trying to get over screens, and we were getting in the paint and spraying it out for threes. Second half, they made a nice adjustment and started switching everything. But what we did was on the switches, we tried to get, you know, the big matched up against uh, Jamal, and then we spaced and let Jamal go make a play. Um, yeah. And even then, if they don't help off, then he has no choice. You've got to go score. And the good thing for us, he has the ability to do that. Well, you know, when he does that, obviously it's another weapon. We saw it, obviously, last year. We saw it the last week. And, you know, seeing your team healthy right now, Coach, is really, really something that, you know, is the polar opposite of what we saw a year ago. Over the last three years, you're 29-1 and when Tremont Mark scores in double figures. That's an unbelievable stat. But even if I had to go a little deeper and look at a guy who could emerge as a wild card for Houston, and I've loved this kid all year long, but I look at him in the postseason as being an X-factor, it might be Emmanuel Sharp. How big of a role could Emmanuel Sharp play if he is a consistent offensive guy off the bench in reserve? You know, he's a um, he's kind of like a smoldering rock. You know, he's over there. You never know when he's going to jump up and make two or three threes. I think he made four or five at Central Florida. He hit a big one yesterday. Um, you know, and that was one of his that went into the decision with, uh, you know, when Ramon got sick, got injured, you know, we could have brought him back um, and maybe played and maybe not. It just depends on how he was going to be. But we made the decision to let Ramon heal and go with yeah. Emmanuel. The uh, one question coaches always ask when you get to March, do we have enough offense? Yes. You know, it's not like the NBA where you can just go get it. You are what you are. Um, and if you're a good team, then that means you, you've had enough for the regular season. So you're going to see more consistently good defenses. You know, like we had enough offense against UAB, Illinois, Arizona, but we didn't have near enough offense against Villanova. Uh, you don't overreact to that. It's just something you just follow away. So uh, Emmanuel and Terrence both have the ability to make shots. Uh, Emmanuel's a little bit more dynamic because he can make threes because that's who he is. Um, so we run up against a team that wants to zone us. It's nice to have a kid like Emmanuel. 
Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Cougars 29-2, heading this week's AAC tournament. You know, I look at you guys, and I just referenced you know, that you're healthy and you're whole, and I see Sasser, Shed, Tremont, Mark. I see a five-star prospect in Jarris Walker. This is without question the most talented team that you've had at Houston, but this program, under your stewardship, hasn't necessarily been known for its talent, but rather its toughness. How does Houston's overwhelming talent compare with the biggest attribute that has made this program a national factor in the last decade, which is toughness? Well, let's slow down on the overwhelming talent. It's a great starting five. Yeah, uh, but, you know, we're, uh, we, we start two fours. Um, and we, we've got holes like everybody does. I mean, the best team I've played that I've coached against since I've been here is probably the uh, 21 Baylor team. Yep. That, that team was just on a different level. I think we played them 10 times. I'm not sure we'd win, win one or two, maybe none. Who knows? But they were really good. Um, I, I don't. I haven't seen a team. Maybe, maybe somebody, I, didn't, I caught them on the wrong night, but I haven't seen a team as dominant as that Baylor team, and we're certainly not. But I see a lot of teams that – I see a lot of teams, uh, not twenty or thirty, but there's a there's a handful of teams that can that can win this thing, um, and, and I think it comes down to teams that can live their culture every game. Who are you? Be who you are uh, every game, and then when you need to score, when it's time to go get a bucket, do you have multiple guys that can do that? And we've tried to build build that way with our offense. Have have different guys that can make a shot. You know, one of the underrated baskets last yesterday was the three that Jarris hit. Mm-hmm. Hit the front of the rim, went straight up and went in. You know, we've been on the other side of those many, many times. But I think they were up five at the time. Next thing you know, it's a two-point game. And and then um, we went from down five to up five. But that shot uh, jump-started us. And we haven't always had uh, bigs that could step out. Fabian White could last year. Um, when we play Reggie Chaney and J1 Roberts together, you know, they're, they're not great floor spacers, but they're tough and they rebound. So, you know, we have a lot of ways we can go. Um, I think our two X factors, though, are Jarris and Tremont. Um, and you mentioned Emmanuel. Uh, I think he can be too. But it's because those guys can make shots. Uh, defense and rebounding is great. And we lost to Villanova, but we also held Villanova to 28% shooting from the field and lost because we couldn't make a shot. And that was a credit to Villanova's defense. So um, there's always going to be a game where you're going to have to figure out how to win it. Uh, the year we went to the Final Four, it was Rutgers. We could have easily lost to Rutgers. Um, right. They were down nine with under five to go. Found a way to win it. Um, last year was you know, completely different year. You know, we got hot at the right time and, and started rolling. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. You know, the conference the conference uh, tournament's a little bit like a crapshoot. You know, if you know you're a high seed, one of the, your goals is to come through uh, with no injuries. Obviously, we, yeah. we want to stay healthy going into the NCAA uh, tournament. There'll be teams that need to win the tournament to advance. So, um, but as long as they keep scoring, got referees out there, uh, fans in the stands, um, 
my feeling is, is feeling is you ought to try to win. So that's what we're going to try to do. Well, you prepared yesterday for Memphis. You're going to prepare for the AAC tournament this week. But the elephant in the room is the fact that if you can win four games in the NCAA tournament, regardless of who you're playing, you will play the final four in your home city in Houston. How do you manage that? It'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see. Right now, I have no idea. It's, um, um, you know, I, I go to practice with these kids every day. We watch film every day. We meet every day. Uh, we're in buses together. We're in planes together, hotels together, meeting rooms together. We're around each other all the time. Uh, and this and this is the uh, this is the honest truth, uh, John. Uh, the, the coaches and players, we, we never bring it up, never talk about it. You're right, it is an elephant in the room. But you know when your next game is uh, Memphis or your next game now is the winner of East Carolina, South Florida, um, I mean, that, that's that's our attention, you know. Right. If we think about what we're asked, we're going to lose. And I don't want to lose. Right. That's why we focus on what's in front of us versus what's ahead of us. Now, how I would manage that, I don't know. I've never done it. So I, I just have to wing it and play it by ear. We'll see when we, we'll see if we get there. But I know I know the odds are stacked against you doing that. They're stacked against any team that thinks they're going to do it. That's why you better you better focus on today and not tomorrow. No question, the present is the most important thing. But you know, Coach, when I started this beat covering college hoops, you know, one of the first years I did it was the 2001-2002 season, and as you know, you were at Oklahoma that year. And you went to the Final Four, and you lost to Indiana, but I felt that year you had the best team. And then two years ago, you know, I was in the bubble for 25 days, and you lost to Baylor in the Final Four, and they played great. But I know, obviously, you would have liked to have played better. As a coach, when you get to that setting, the most hollowed setting in college basketball, and the result doesn't go your way, how often do you think about those defeats? A lot. (laughs) <laughs> I do, I do. I, you know, I, I think about Poole hitting that shot from Michigan. I, I think about that. I think about Qantas, uh, that terrible, terrible ankle sprain uh, the day before we played uh, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know Indiana had a kid that was hurt too. But, you know, uh, Qantas is like Jamal and his team. You know, he's, Qantas is our most important player. And even though he tried to play, you know, with, you know, Hollis, Hollis was a great college player for us, but he wasn't a point guard, so it's difficult to play like that. But you look back on it, and um, you know, Mike Davis is a really, really good friend of, friend of mine. And as disappointed I was for us, I really was happy for Mike. Um, but I do think about those things. Um, um, but you know what? Put the uniforms and mothballs pack them up, go do what you're doing in the off season. Uh, and you get to come back and try it again another year. That's, that's the great thing about sports. But, you know, you said something interesting because you brought up, obviously, the Jordan Poole shot against Michigan in 2018. But think about, obviously, yeah. what your program has done since then. 2019, Sweet 16. 2021 Final Four after you lost the AAC Player of the Year via transfer in December, and then last year you lose Sasser and Tremont Mark, and you're inches away from going to the Final Four. Why in your vocation 
do coaches, despite great success, always immediately shift their mind to the losses? Because um, losing hurts worse than winning feels good. Um, you know, uh, this was it this year. Like, uh, was it this year that I won my 700th game? I think more about the 300 and some losses. <laughs> so, I mean, God, I would, you know, we shouldn't have lost this game. Shouldn't have lost this game. Now, there's equal amount of games that you won. You probably shouldn't have won, but you don't think about those. <laughs> you think about the losses, like. I, I can I can tell you every possession in the last three minutes of the Alabama game at home when we lost, <laughs> uh, losing that Temple game, um, you know I didn't know whether to vomit or go blind, uh, and that and that stuck with me. But I've learned that you can't let one loss turn into two, so you have to turn the page. That doesn't mean privately you don't have those moments where you go, I can't believe we lost that game, um, but that's what we do. You know we're we're fixers. We, we fix. We fix problems. You have them, and you try to, to best your ability, uh, fix them. That's why coaches have to be like firemen, John. Yeah. We're constantly putting out fires, and, and and if it starts as a brush fire, you better put it out because if you don't, it's going to become a forest fire. So, um, losses are forest lo- losses are brush fires. You need to put it out, and 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 at least in front of your team and your coaches, you've got because you. You're telling them they've got to let it go. When privately, internally, you have not. <laughs> I still, so, you know, we've only lost two games this year, but they both bothered me because we had a chance to, to win them. But you use them as reference points. Reference point. How did we lose them? Why did we lose them? What do we need to do better? How can we fix this? How can we get this kid to be a better player in that moment? But, but again, that's fixing something, and that's what we do. We fix well, there's one way to fix, and we'll wrap with this, the feelings that you have about those defeats, and it would fix it for a lifetime, and that's winning a national championship in your home city. And I know the only thing you're thinking about is your next practice or the next task that you have today. Amen. But, but what are the biggest keys for you to get back into a situation like you were 21 years ago in 2002 with Oklahoma or two years ago with Houston in the bubble? Number one, health. You, you got to get lucky because I'm, I, re, I remember uh, in 2002, um, the sprained ankle. That, that was a tough one. Um, and then um, focus on what you do good. Don't change. You know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to figure out something new. You know, we've, we've been working at, pick and roll coverage, transition defense, doubling the post, rebounding position, loose balls, uh, playing hard for each other, uh, being a great teammate. Uh, just don't change. We, we are who we are. Uh, and we've been this way a long time. But I think shoring up offensive positions where you've got multiple guys that if you have one or two guys having an off night, you've got a couple other guys that you know are locked and loaded, and they can help you on those nights too. So, um, and then go out and throw your throw your team out on the court against whoever you play, and play as hard as you can, and um, uh, let's see what happens. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. Well, Coach, we appreciate a couple of minutes to visit. I know how busy you are. It's been a lot of fun always covering your teams. Look forward to covering you during the stretch run. And as always, look forward to staying connected along the way. 
Okay, John. It's always good to be on with you, brother. Thanks. We'd like to thank Houston's Kelvin Sampson for joining us in the College Hoops Day podcast. But before we get to our social media portion of the show, I want to remind you that today's episode of the College Hoops Day podcast is brought to you by my favorite sports drink, Powerade. March Madness is full of big upsets and nail-biting game winners. Watching Cinderella teams bust brackets and take down the Blue Bloods is why we live for March Madness and sleep in May. The last four teams standing will have to give more. As the official sports drink of March Madness, Powerade is giving you more, too. The new formula packs in 50% more electrolytes versus Gatorade Thirst Quench along with vitamin B12 and vitamin C. Hydrate with the official sports drink of March Madness today. Time now for our social media portion of the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Send me your questions on Twitter. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John, J-O-N. And whatever you want to talk about, obviously, is fair game as we're gearing up for championship week, one of the best weeks of the year in college basketball. So many things still yet to be decided. Our first question of the day is going to be from Chris Spears. And it's, John, does UCLA need to win the Pac-12 tournament title to be a one seed? You know, it's going to be touch and go between UCLA and Purdue for that fourth number one seed in my perspective I think that UCLA as long as it's seeded in the west is in good shape whether it's the one or two it doesn't matter as long as UCLA is seeded in the west our next question comes from Quentin Parker and it says John does North Carolina need three or four wins in the ACC tournament to make the big dance you know Quentin it depends on who North Carolina matches up with in the ACC tournament if they get Virginia and NC State and make the finals of the ACC tournament they could be in position to be in position but I can't believe I'm saying this considering where they started the season. Tar Heels number one in the preseason. But North Carolina could be in a situation where it misses the NCAA tournament. I think for the Tar Heels to feel good about what's going to happen on Selection Sunday, they got to win the ACC tournament. Just give me the toga once another goes, John, can UConn play at MSG if they go to the Big East Championship game? Obviously, you're talking about the NCAA tournament. Here's the interesting thing when it comes to UConn, and this is really, really fascinating. UConn's going to play potentially up to three games this week at Madison Square Garden in the Big East Tournament. If the Huskies then are seeded in the East region, they'll start in Albany, and then if they can go to the Final Four, the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games will be played at Madison Square Garden. That means five of the next seven games for UConn, if UConn goes to a Final Four and is in the East region, will be at the world's most famous arena. Another big storyline to keep in mind as we get ready for the best time of the year. And five good nuggets this week are being brought to you by RunYourPool.com. Play against me in my March Madness bracket up to a thousand dollars in prizes for the top five finishers is up for grabs so join me in my bracket challenge at play.runyourpool.com forward slash cht now let's get to those nuggets five good nuggets five five six no five but you were close Nugget number one, Wooga the Magnificent. Miami is 8-1 and one this season when Wooga Poplar scores in double figures. Wooga Poplar, indeed, magnificent. Nugget number two, a palpable turnaround. Texas A&M, 17-2 after starting the season 6-5. Buzz Williams going to take his third team of his career to the NCAA tournament. Did it at Marquette, did it at Virginia Tech. He will now do it at Texas A&M. Nugget number three, Zach is out. Talking about Zach Fremantle, Xavier's power forward, who I obviously did not 
play in the month of February. Now out for the season. He'll have season-ending foot surgery this week. Nugget number four, why the delay? The Atlantic 10 is going to play Atlantic 10 tournament quarterfinal games on Thursday and then is taking a day off before the semifinals on Saturday. I don't get the move. You lose all sorts of momentum that comes organically during championship week. And then nugget number five, the defense rests. In two games this season against Marquette, St. John's has allowed an average of 96.5 points per game. And games to watch this week are brought to you by Powerade. Now with 50% more electrolytes than Gatorade Thirst Quencher, hydrating athletes as the official sports drink of March Madness. Games to watch. What games should you watch? All of them. This is March. Would like to thank Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. We'll be back next week with a bracket. Same bad time, same bad channel. This was the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein.